Hey, what's going on? It is February 21st, Friday, February 21st, 2020. Um, I'm just going to get right into it. So there was a headline that came out the other day that Jeff Bezos put up $10 billion towards fighting climate change. Um, I'd imagine that everyone that listens to this show thinks that climate change is a real thing, uh, or at least I hope that you would. Um, I initially, I was like, and I still think that it's great. I'm like $10 billion. That's amazing. Um, there was people that said that he should have put up more money because he can. Um, but those are the, the same people that think that there shouldn't be like billionaires or millionaires or, um, any sort of wealth. Uh, but anyways, um, $10 billion towards fighting climate change. And, um, I was reading and I can't find the fucking article this cause this always happens. And I have, um, pocket on my, um, on my, uh, phone, but let me go to where I found it and maybe it'll be there still. Uh, Jeff Bezos, 10 billion. All right. That's all I need to type. God damn it. Um, I really can't find the article, but I remember I was talking about, um, it was from the Atlantic. So I went to the Atlantic again and it's a different article. I don't know why or how. Fuck it. Let's just read that one. Where is it? Now I can't find it. Oh my God. So this one is like questioning like the effectiveness of it. But people are always saying that, you know, the super rich need to do something about it. One of them did. Um, but it was something about, oh, God, I really want to Google this, too, so we can all know what it was. Because um, I don't want to say something wrong, but it was something like um, that no one normally would be able to do something like this or put up this much money for something because climate change is like a global thing. Um, and this one guy alone put up $10 billion, which I think was like, um, like they said like a 10th of his net worth. Um, so I mean like that's, it's pretty significant. Um, but it says at the same time, 10 billion is not nearly enough to save the world. Of course, obviously, um, consider the gateway tunnel, one of America's largest pending public works projects when completed, the 11 mile tunnel will dumbo- double the number of trains that can pass between New York and New Jersey at rush hour. If the U S hopes to flush carbon pollution out of its economy, it will have to complete many projects at the gateway tunnel size and scale, but the tunnel is projected to cost about 9.5 billion or roughly $860 million per mile. Uh, Bezos's magnanimous gift of 10 billion can buy one gateway tunnel. Um, Okay. Uh, of course, this is a slightly facetious comparison. It's not like Bezos is planning to invest in tri-state area infrastructure. True. I was going to say it's a stupid comparison. Thank you for catching yourself. Uh, but any similar build out would present challenges. Jenny Chase, a solar energy analyst from Bloomberg NEF, told me in an email that $10 billion would not do much good supporting large-scale solar projects. There's already a surf, surfeit? surfeit of capital chasing them. 
Let's see if my complete computer has the thing. Oh, it does. I could look up words right on the webpage. An excessive amount of something, a surfeit of food and drink. Oh, okay. Already an excessive amount of capital chasing them. Uh, where could 10 billion go the furthest? It just may be politics. In 2016, the network of conservative, blah, 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 blah. conservative groups run by the industrialists, Charles and David Koch, promised to spend about 900 million on the presidential election. Two years later, it pledged about $400 million to the 2018 congressional midterms, both of those amounts widely covered in unprecedented, as unprecedented interventions in the political system, represented not only by personal donations of the Koch's, but the pooled contributions of hundreds of like-minded donors. Um, but with this $10 billion, Bezos could single-handedly spend comparable amounts on every pres presidential and midterm election from now to 2050, supporting climate-friendly members of Congress, governors, and presidents. Once in office, those politicians could then shake loose far more than $10 billion for tunnels, new rail projects, and everything else. I don't think that they could really muscle Jeff Bezos into doing anything. That's kind of what this article says, um, saying that if he puts the money up, they could kind of convince him to put money up for more things that align with their uh, ideology, I guess. Um, now, Fucking goddamn flash player every fucking time. Okay. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Bezos is legally allowed to give it to political causes as well as candidate candidates, parties, and super PACs. Wealthy foundations with den benefactors cannot participate in the political system to the same degree. Um, I can't find it, but it was saying that because uh, all the stuff that he's doing, what is it? Not SpaceX, but something else. Um, uh, what is it? I can't remember the name of it. Jeff Bezos. Yeah, I'll just type in rocket. <laughs> um, oh, Blue Origin. Yeah, it's Blue Origin. Okay. Um, that company that he has, and then, I mean, obviously Amazon is a powerhouse in itself. They got their own delivery system. They're fucking everywhere. They deliver everywhere. Um, and they just, it's, it's, they're everywhere with, with voice, with the Alexas and all that shit and, um, all their streaming stuff, the business itself. Um, and I'm sure they put their money in other places that I'm not aware of, but that, um, the, the blue space thing, I already forgot what the fuck it's called. Blue origin. Um, and then there was some, and now this too. I mean, you, you can't even leave this out. Um, there was an article that was saying how kind of dangerous it was that he just decided to put that money up because that is like a huge like power move um, and that it could be like, that he could kind of be like grooming himself to like build some sort of private um, government, which I don't think is the case. Um, they said it would be like a plutocracy which is like the, a government owned by the rich, which I mean, it already is anyways. The people that are in power are just kind of theirs figureheads, right? I mean, that's, I mean, run by the wealthy and then all the candidates, like the people running now, a shitload of them are taking donations from like super rich people, corporations. So, I mean, they, they the money just doesn't show up. They say, hey, we'll give you, you know, five million dollars if you do this if you get in office and they're like all right and um they just kind of buy their election um but that's that i think that it's a good thing if they can do something with 10 billion dollars i'm sure that more money will come in 
Um, and I mean, 10 billion is not probably enough to reverse anything or save the planet, but it's a lot better than just tweeting about it and saying how awful everyone is and all that shit. Um, the Vegas debates, I did not watch them. Um, but I did watch highlights for what it's worth. And it just looked like everyone, I guess it was Bloomberg's first uh, debate. Um, I don't know. Where is it? But anyways, everyone kind of dogpiled them. Um, Oh, let's read another report from The Atlantic. Democrats went after the wrong guy. Bernie Sanders is the front runner, but his opponents still aren't treating him like one. I'm so scared that Bernie's going to get in and he's just going to like die. Because didn't he already have, he had a heart attack a few months ago, right? Brought on by God knows what. Um, Faced with signs that Bernie Sanders is consolidating his position as the clear front runner in the Democratic race, the presidential candidates last night chose to focus most of their fire instead at the new guy on stage. Yeah, I was right. Michael Bloomberg. Uh, the withering. I'm, I'm surprised that he's still getting criticized after he announced that he might run with Hillary. Because, um, I, I mean, and I don't know why people love her so much, but people love her so much. Um, his. Is my dog eating something? I gotta pause this for a sec. I think he's eating something. I'll be right back. I'm back. My instincts were correct. He was chewing on a pair of Calvin Klein underwear that I had sitting in the hamper. Um, yeah, my my instincts were correct. If your dog is ever like too quiet, you just kind of go like, "All right, what what are, what are they doing?" What was I talking about? The debates. I was reading that Atlantic article. Uh, withering criticism, especially that from Elizabeth Warren, left Bloomberg visibly staggered at times and reflected an undeniable imperative for his opponents. I really, I find it hard to like Elizabeth Warren after lying about being Native American for so long. Uh, yeah. Um, his unprecedented TV advertising blitz across the United States. He was paying like influencers to like make ads for him, and then I saw some of his TV ads too. The thing I don't like about the ads that they're doing now is that they're all just basically like, this is me and here's why I'm different than Donald Trump. And it just, it's like, we get it. You guys are all different. You're running for a completely different party. So it sets you apart anyways. Um, the, yeah, we get it. You're not like him. We understand that. You've already told us that. So like, what are you going to do? Um like they're trying to buy people's support just based off the fact that they're not like the president. It's like, yeah, we know, like we get that. Okay. Like carry on. What are you going to do if you get in office? Why should we vote for you? We're not going to vote for you just because you're the person that's the most different than the president. Um, his unprecedented. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Past all of them is the principal alternative to the Vermont senator who's taken a solid lead in the latest national polls. But the consistent focus on Bloomberg, especially during the debate's highly contentious first hour, meant that Sanders was left relatively off the hook, Um, which they probably did on purpose, honestly, because they hate Bernie for some reason. I don't know why they do. Sorry for the noise. I'm just moving my mic stand here. 
Uh, indeed, it's difficult to imagine anyone that unfolded on the debate stage will impede Sanders' march toward an expected victory in Saturday's caucus here, where Bloomberg won't even be on the ballot. Appearing on MSNBC after the debate, Joe Biden declared that Bernie's going to get vetted in a way he never has before. That moment may be coming, but it certainly didn't arrive last night. Uh, Joe should just drop out at this point. Uh, compared with earlier debates, Sanders did face more questions about his agenda and record from both... I just like... little. Uh, okay. Uh, from both his rivals and the moderators. Between them, they introduced arguments against Sanders' candidacy that may resonate more loudly down the road, in particular when they question his calls for a political revolution can build a winning coalition against President Donald Trump. Um, it, I, I don't think it really matters who... Um, okay, former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg made the case that most made the case most persistently, saying at one point that Democrats risk defeat if they offer voters a socialist who thinks that capitalism is the root of all evil. Uh, evil Warren, who's been... Re- even Warren... Oh, Freudians. No, it said evil right before that. Uh, who's been remarkably, remarkably, I can't read again, reluctant to draw contest. Oh my God. Contrast with Sanders, even as he eclipsed her as the favorite of the party's most liberal voters, asserted that Democrats are worried about gambling on a revolution that won't bring along a majority of this country. Because uh, I think that they get that the majority of people don't have a problem with capitalism. Um, I mean, it just depends on like, like how an individual defines capitalism. I just, I look at it as like, I have no problem with people being like super ultra wealthy. Like I have no problem with Jeff Bezos having as much money as he does um, until he starts wearing like a monocle and, you know, living underwater in a submarine. Um, I'm, I'm not really going to be concerned. Um, does he probably do some shady stuff? Yeah. But I mean, if you think you're just going to like go all over the world and stop these giant companies from like underpaying people and like, I don't know, like fucking Nike or Apple or whatever, having like children build like phones and shoes and shit. Like, I mean, if that is the case, uh, it's just not going to happen. And the reason that is is because half, more than half, if not all of the people that complain about these giant corporations are frequent customers to those corporations. Um, how many people have Amazon Prime streaming services, uh, voice devices, um, brand new fucking shoes every time they release? Um, I don't know. What else? Uh, everyone's fucking lining up for the new iPhone. I bet. I guarantee you the amount of contradiction that would be in a line that was waiting for the release of a new iPhone, I bet if you asked them about capitalism, a majority of those people would tell you that it's like the worst thing that, you know, the country has to deal with, blah, blah, blah. And then if you asked them why they were standing in line to get a new iPhone, even though they already have one in their hand, that seems to be working totally fine. They would come up with like some reason as to why they think they need it um, to justify them and say, well, you know, I'm not supporting like their company. I just really like the phone or whatever. It's like you, you feed into it and then you complain that it exists. Um, I just, I don't get it. Um, but you mean, I have no problem with it. If you want to run a business, 
or if you want employees to be treated better, run your own business, start your own business and treat your employees good. Like worry about what's in your control. Um, hey, that's really all anyone could do is worry about what's in your control or work to get into a position where you can worry about those kind of things. Um, but compared with the hazing Bloomberg received, Sanders escaped with many fewer bruises and bumps. He was confident and unyielding, if sometimes hectoring and defending hectoring. There's another one. What's it mean? Hectoring. Talk to in a bullying way. Okay. You could have said if some... In defending his agenda and ideology and the focus never stayed on him for long, which is good. Uh, one of the night's most telling moments came when the moderators asked Biden if Americans would elect a candidate who identifies as a socialist, as Sanders does. And the former vice president managed to answer the question without ever mentioning much less challenging his opponent. The other five tore each other apart while Bernie skated. One Democratic pollster who's not affiliated with any campaign texted me after the debate. Um, Bloomberg's exchanges with Sanders, with Bloomberg insisting that Sanders can't win and needling him over his ownership of three houses and Sanders in turn denouncing Bloomberg as the embodiment of corruption in the political system seemed to pulse with the most mutual hostility, but all the candidates pummeled the billionaire over everything from his treatment of women to his record as mayor and from his prior history of supporting. Doesn't mayor Pete's town hate him? Um, I got to look that up, but I'll finish reading this first. Um, from his prior history of supporting Republicans to his delay in releasing his income tax returns. At points, Bloomberg was effective in touting his policy plans, especially on climate, but he buckled in defending his record, of course. Um, you know, you've been that rich for that long, and then, you know, no one walks all over you, and then you start running for president, people are fucking walking all over your name, and then you're like, oh, I've never had to defend myself before. Um, where was it? You know what I don't get though, and I think that this is a this is a huge issue right now. Um, it says his history of supporting Republicans. Um, I and I'm not I'm not speaking from like a Bloomberg point of view, just like a general like person that works full time and has a family and all that. Um, I I don't understand like this whole, and I I guess I do kind of understand it because you have like these very like far left and right. Um, people, do you just say, to be simple? Uh, people on the far left, people on the far right. And I think that those are the people that really get looked at when you're talking about uh, like political viewpoints in general. Um, I mean, there, there's people that could be like the absolute best, one of the best people that you could ever meet. Um and if someone found out that they were like a Democrat or they voted Republican, people would just immediately turn on them. Um, and I, I, I just don't get that. Like as a, as a person, like I know people that are conservative and I'm cool with them. Like we don't like talk about political stuff or if we do, it's like an adult conversation. Um, I'm also friends with people that are really liberal about some stuff. And like, it's totally like, it's not like a thing. And I remember when the election happened in 2016, that people were saying like, Oh my, you know, one or the other, uh, I, I found out as re registered as like a Republican. So, 
like I, I cut them off. Like we don't talk anymore. Like people that don't talk to their parents because their parents are registered as Republicans and stuff. It's like, why? Like, I, I just don't get it. Um, I think it's very strange now. Um, if someone supports the president for like the wrong reasons, um, he has horrible delivery with almost everything. Um, and it makes me just like kind of question how he was so successful in business when he just doesn't really know how to like effectively present ideas without like offending people or pissing people off. Um, and just like his, like the way that he didn't really have much to say denouncing like the, what was it? I think it was like in Charlottesville. What was it? Let me look it up. Um, Let's see here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that Unite the Right thing. It was shortly after he got elected. Um, like, he didn't really say anything to denounce what happened or denounce, like, any sort of related, like, hate crimes, um, racist gatherings, uh, far right. Like, I think that there's, like, an alt-right that has, like, a perspective as to, like, I don't know what it would be, but then there's like another far right. That's like, we hate everyone that isn't us. Um, and like, he just like, he didn't really say anything about that, like how it's wrong, how it's bad. Um, and I, what? Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a link right here. It's from Buzzfeed, but it's a quote. So it's a quote. Um, People were protesting the taking down of the monument of Robert E. Lee. Everyone knows that. Um, okay. But I mean, okay, now if it was like a historical society that wanted to maintain the statue for the sake of like history, like being present, I would I, I would say that would, that would be one thing, but it was organized by white supremacists, and I think it was organized by, uh, what does it say here? Um Richard Spencer, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that he's the, oh, uh, what is he? Um, uh, yeah, his his Wikipedia page says he's part of alt-right, identitarian, neo-Nazism, and white supremacy movements. Uh, so anytime a guy with those kind of credentials organizes anything, <laughs> um, yeah. But what was I reading? Where the fuck did it go? There it is. Nope, wrong. Wrong, wrong. Where is it? Okay. Um. Oh, wait a minute. What the fuck was that? Oh, okay. So, yeah, here's a photo here. Um, Charlottesville, Virginia, August 12, 2017, carrying Confederate battle flags, Gadsden flags, and a Nazi flag. So, I mean, if people are walking around waving... And it, I see like they got the don't tread on me, the yellow flag with the snake on it um, for the Second Amendment. I really don't. That, that There's no way that any of that is OK. And yeah, the yellow flag, that's about it. Um, none of it. None of it's OK. And you can't not say anything denouncing that. Um yeah, you just, yeah, you can't s not say anything. Um, oh, God.
the country's falling apart. Um, I think, and back to this too, I forgot to mention this. I genuinely think that Jeff Bezos in the next, mm, I'm going to be ambitious with saying this, but I think maybe the next eight years, um, he'll, he'll either announce it, uh, during this next presidency, the next four years or the, the second, um, the second four years after that. So I'm giving it like a range of eight years, uh, two presidential terms that he will run for president. I, I just, I don't know why, but I just have a feeling, um, you know, he would hand off ownership to, for Amazon to someone else, whoever it may be. Um, and then run. Um, and oh boy, I'm already like, I'm already like picturing the headlines um, when that happens. Uh, just, I'm just picturing the headlines. What if he just saves the planet and just keeps donating money? Um, and then like he ends up saving and like rescuing us from climate change. And then it's like, hey, guys, uh, I'm going to run for president now. Like, don't forget what I did for you. Um Either, either like massive, massive landslide victory or like everyone just fucking hates him and like just runs him out of town, quote unquote. Um, yeah. So with all of that, what was I going to talk about next here? Um, I had this idea a number of times and that idea is, oh, I closed one of my tabs here okay there we go uh this idea was what if donald trump because i mean he's he's either gonna lose this election or he's gonna win um but i mean either way like he's he's out after the next four years if he does win so at some point he's not going to be president um again whether that's 2020 now or after the next term um, if he is to somehow win. Um, and my idea was, and I've thought this so many times, is not really what's going to happen to like his businesses and stuff when he's out of office, but kind of what he's going to do when he gets out of office Um and so I Googled that to see what the internet thought. And I found one article, and I'll talk about my thoughts in a second, but I found one article that posed an interesting um, point, I guess you could say. Uh, it's from Washington Monthly, and it says, How Trump Could Lose the Election and Remain President, a step-by-step -step guide to what might happen if he refuses to concede. Uh, which I didn't know was a thing. Um Okay, at the end of his congressional testimony in February, Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's former fixer, floated a nightmarish possibility. This is the quote. Given my experience working for Mr. Trump, Cohen said, I fear that if he loses in 2020, that there will never be a peaceful transition of power. Uh, Cohen's comments may seem hyperbolic. Hi oh my God, hyperbolic. Hi no, wait, is it? Oh my God, you guys probably think I'm that dumbest fucking person. Whatever. 
but they are worth taking seriously. In the aftermath of 2018, Trump told reporters Republicans don't win, and that's because of potentially illegal votes. In a 2016 presidential debate, Trump refused to say whether he would accept defeat. I'll keep you in suspense, he declared. Since that election, Trump has routinely said that his popular vote defeat was the product of millions and millions of illegal ballots. Now facing potentially legal jeopardy from ongoing investigations and hush money payments and any number of apparent financial crimes, he might reasonably conclude that staying in office is the only way to avoid being indicted. So what would it look like if Trump refused to concede? Is there really a way he could stay in office? It's unlikely. For starters, successful autocrats rarely lose elections. They take steps to rig it well in advance, said Stephen Levitsky, a comparative political scientist at Harvard University and co-author of How Democracies Die. They pack electoral authorities, jail opponents, and silence unfriendly media outlets. America's extremely decentralized electoral system and powerful, well-funded opposition makes this very difficult to pull off. The U.S. also lacks the kind of politicized military that lets some discredited autocrats like Venezuela's Nicolas Maduro hang on. I can't imagine the military accepting an effort to turn them into partisan army, into a partisan arm of the executive, said Robert Mickey, a political science at the University of Michigan, who researches the history of authoritarianism in the American South. Uh, okay, anyways, here's what could keep him in power. Uh, first option, the election is close. If Trump lost in a blowout, alleging fraud would accomplish little. Even entrenched autocrats are often forced from office when they're heftily defeated. But that doesn't mean the race would be a redux of 2000 when George W. Bush won the presidency with an official margin of 537 votes to spark a crisis. I remember that, oddly enough. Uh, I somehow remember that. I was like five. Um, given increasing... Given increasing polarization of the, I'm thinking of like polar bears because I was reading about climate change uh, and the Republican Party's growing impatience with democratic norms. Experts told me the party might challenge even a clear defeat. I'm worried now, given the reaction to 2018, that you could get a dispute over a five digit number, said Edward Foley, a law professor and elections expert at OSU, the Ohio State University. Uh, others suggested the margin could e be even wider. When I asked Mark Tushnet, a constitutional law professor at Harvard University, just how close the election would have to be for Republicans to support Trump in disputing the results, he said, close as Trump supporters define it. Uh, I mean, what, what would you think is close? I would think that, I mean, I guess you could argue that five digits would be quote unquote close. Um, but I, I would say I would cap it at like like 10,000. Um, yeah. I mean, after, you know, after you get to like a certain number, you're like, all right, you lost. Um, however, you construe the word, a close election is well within the realm of possibility. In 2016, Trump won his three pivotal states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin by five-digit numbers. Indeed, most of the country's 21st century elections have hinged on a few states with narrow margins. Blah, blah, blah. Um, two, Trump claims fraud and Republicans back him up. It's Wednesday morning, November 4th, 2020. Not to rush your guys' lives or anything. At 7.15 a.m. after a stressful night of watching the returns trickle in, the Associated Press projects that the Democratic presidential candidate... Who do you think that's going to be? Um, send, me a, send me a DM or something or an email and tell me who you think it's going to be and why. Um, and really, like, put some thought into it. Don't just say, like... Uh, you know, one or the other because you think something sh shitty about the other. 
Um, okay. Pro- projects that the Democratic presidential candidate will win Pennsylvania and with it the presidency. Sure enough, it's a narrow victory. 279 electoral votes to 258. This is all just speculation, of course. When all is said and done, the Democrats win Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania by only about 77,000 votes combined. Why does it say only? That's yeah, it's pretty good. Same amount Trump won those states by in 2016. Trump, who spent the past five months warning about fraud, has been eerily silent for most of the night. He's going to be on a fucking Twitter rager on election night. I can already see it. Um, okay, but as soon as Democrats take the stage to give her... Whoa. But as soon as the Democrat takes the stage to give her victory speech... Oh, shouldn't you have said there? <laughs> Okay, a little odd. He unleashes a barrage of tweets claiming that over 100,000 illegal immigrants voted in Michigan and that Philadelphia kept its polls open for hours later than allowed. Uh, If you can't vote, and I know that um, like voting, like election day or voting day, whatever the fuck it is, it should be like a holiday. So people have the ability to go and vote. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if you can't somehow make it to vote, like, maybe you, maybe you shouldn't. Uh, ooh, just got a text. Wilder versus Fury tomorrow night. Um, this is fraud. Needless to say, the president does not call to congratulate his opponent. At an afternoon press conference, Trump's secretary announces he will not concede. <sighs> what happens next? In the best-case scenario, key Republicans would either talk him down or or defect from Trump and say he's wrong, Levitsky said. Most of the academics I spoke with also thought that this was likely. I'm just having trouble wrapping my head around even this polarized and often radicalized Republican Party going along with that, said Mickey. Um, I hope that Mickey knows that there's pretty radical people in the Democratic Party, too. It's not just a one-way thing. This is what I've been trying to say ever since I started this show. There's weirdos on both sides, um... And we just got to not be weirdos. Um, Okay, anyways, option three. Polarized courts side with the GOP. Um, Okay, don't really have to read into detail with that. That's pretty straightforward. Uh, Option four. Alternatively, Republicans play extreme constitutional hardball. Uh, They should do that. I think that would really lighten the mood in Washington is if they had, like, you know, people from... uh, like the executive branch or like just like people from Congress versus like the Senate, you know, like a like a softball game or something. Um, or everyone in like the president's cabinet has like a flag football game against, you know, like the uh, Supreme Court, whatever. I don't know. They're too old to play. They get hurt. Uh, the courts aren't only aren't the only mechanism Republicans might use to keep Trump in power. The Constitution gives state legislators free reign to decide how to select electors. Currently, most states legally require electors to vote the same way as the people, but in a state with complete Republican control over the government, the legislature and governor could, in theory, pass a bill that strips this power away from citizens between the election and the actual casting of electoral votes. Indeed, in some instances, the state legislature alone might be able to usurp its constituents. If this sounds far-fetched, recall that GOP governments in North Carolina, Michigan, and Wisconsin have all recently pulled lame duck attempts to limit the power of incoming Democratic governors with varying degrees of success. To imagine how this would play out, consider Florida where the G... Second. (laughs) Um, 
if our founding fathers busted out of the grave right now and went to Washington, what do you think that they would think? Would you think that they were like, this got too big, there's too much going on, there's too many hands in the cookie jar, all that shit? Or do you think that they'd be kind of like satisfied with like the the power shift? Um, anyways, uh, consider Florida where the GOP controls the governorship and both houses of the state legislature. Um, if the Democratic presidential nominee narrowly won the state in 2020, Trump might cry fraud and demand an investigation as he did in the aftermath of the state's 2018 Senate race when it wasn't clear that Republican Rick Scott had won. The legislator could establish an invest investigatory commission stacked with partisans and decide to... S- oh my God, sorry guys. Uh, so doubt about the overcome. Perhaps Chris Kobach, vice chair of Trump's erstwhile commission of on election integrity and the patron state of franchise restrictions would lead it. Um, that's it. Those are the only options. Honestly, like knowing him, I would just picture him like sitting in the fucking Oval Office and just say, I'm not leaving. I, that's how I that's how I would see it. Um, I don't see any of these. I mean, yeah, it would be all over the news and people would be giving their opinions and stuff. But I, I just see him sitting in the Oval Office saying that he doesn't believe it. <laughs> um, yeah. And so now, after I've talked about all that stuff. You know what's coming. Um, And I don't say that, like, no pun intended, coronavirus. We're going to talk about it again because this is my way of staying up to date um, kind of with what is going on with this wild, wild virus. Uh, So here we go. Um, Okay. All right, one moment here. Okay, so I found something, and last time, I think it was the last time that I recorded, I talked about how um, the coronavirus was on a cruise ship, Diamond Princess? Yep, here it is. Okay, Diamond Princess uh, was the cruise that um, it was found that people on had coronavirus. And uh, where is it here? Um This is from the New York Post. Coronavirus infected Americans flown back to U.S. on plane full of healthy people. I'm glad that we're doing our due diligence on keeping this thing contained. Uh, The 14 coronavirus-stricken Americans evacuated from a cruise ship in Japan were flown back to the U.S. on a plane full of healthy people against advice from the CDC, a report said Thursday. Uh, Centers for this... Oh, okay. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention officials argued the 14 infected Diamond Princess passengers shouldn't be flown back with the 300 or so virus-free people. If I was on that plane and found out I was flying with someone that had been diagnosed with coronavirus, I would be losing my mind. And I'd be suing the shit out of that airline, too. Um, Just for, like, negligence. Like, even if I didn't get sick, I'd be... Just off principle, I'd be like, come on, man. Um, it was like the worst nightmare is a quote, an anonymous senior U S official involved in the decision told the paper, quite frankly, the alternative could have been pulling grandma out in the pouring rain. And that would have been bad too. What? Anyways, test results had found that the 14 passengers were infected prior to boarding planes to the U S on Monday. Nobody anticipated getting these results said another U S official. 
It found that they were infected. Why would you put them on the plane? The State Department vowed that no one with the infection would be allowed on, but then urged health officials to let the sick yet symptom-free passengers board, the paper reported. CDC worried about the infection control aboard the plane's principal deputy director, Ann Shuchat, wrote to the State Department that the stricken passengers would pose an increased risk to the other passengers. I would have thrown them off the fucking plane. (laughs) Uh, But officials, right as that seatbelt light would have came on, I would have been like, all right, you're out. Uh, But officials with the Department of Health and Human Services and the Coronavirus Task Force pushed back, arguing that they had been prepared to handle passengers who might develop symptoms on the flights. But yeah, but were they like sectioned off or anything? Or were they just fucking, were they just sitting wherever there was a free seat? Uh, The two Boeing 747s had 18 seats, okay, cordoned off with 10-foot-high plastic on all sides and infectious disease doctors would be on board. Uh, Warm Warm fuzzies for everyone else on that flight, I'm sure. William Walters, director of operational medicine for the State Department, said the 14 people were already in the evacuation pipeline and protocol dictated that they should be brought home according to the report. Uh, Fuck protocol. Uh, The State Department revealed that the 14 evacuees had tested positive for the virus about an hour before the planes landed in California and Texas. Other passengers were enraged that they hadn't been told about the risk. We were upset that people who were knowingly put on the plane were positive, said Vana Men... Oh, God. Menizabal, 69, a retired nurse who took the cruise with her husband, Mario. I think those people should have not been allowed on the plane, she added. We feel we were re-exposed. We were very upset about that. Of course, you have every fucking right to be. Um, let's read more about coronavirus. What is... Uh, Oh, it's in Iran. Oh, great. And this is just this is just right hooking and uppercutting companies, huge companies. Uh, Coca-Cola takes an earnings hit. Iran confirms more cases. Always good. Always good. Good things, guys. Um, and this article is from oh today, uh, eight a.m. Total confirmed cases more than seventy six thousand seven hundred. Total deaths at least two thousand two hundred and forty nine. What's scary is, is like, I haven't seen anything saying like, hey, we're working on a, a, like some sort of cure or a vaccine. It's just like, ah, numbers keep climbing. Like, what are we going to do to keep the numbers where they're at? Um, why don't we put 14 sick people uh, on a plane with a bunch of not sick people? And uh, then all those not sick people that might have been somehow exposed to it can just wander wherever they live uh, with no with no type of quarantine or anything um iran confirms four deaths uh officials acknowledge outbreak 10 12 a.m um 9 51 a.m world health holds official press conference that's actually i'm recording this right now um the time for me is 10 49 a.m in new york uh um and I, i did see that world health thing streaming on one of the pages that i opened up um 9.22 a.m., Facebook's the latest to pull out of a major industry conference as fears batter travel industry. Uh, 8.50 a.m., Beirut Hospital confirms first case of coronavirus in Lebanon. It's just, it's it's everywhere now. Um, Oh, man. Hmm. Israel confirms passenger tested positive upon return from coronavirus hit ship in Japan. Um, it doesn't say what ship, but I'm assuming 
Yeah, same one. Um, Iran confirms 13 new cases, two deaths. Uh, Chinese city says discharge virus patient tested positive after 10 days. Jeez. Um, confirmed cases in Hubei province cannot be removed, must now be added back. Officials say, wait, what? Following several days of back and forth over how Hubei defines virus cases, an official for the province's health commission said confirmed infections cannot be removed from the province's official count. State new agency Xinhua reported Friday, citing a news conference. Cases that have been removed must all be added back, the official said according to the report. The official cited a stringent demand from the province's party secretary, Ying Yang, a former Shanghai mayor who assumed the position last week. On Thursday, the Hubei Province Health Committee reported there were 349 new cases as of February 19th, just two days ago, uh, down from 1,693 newly confirmed cases the day before. The commission stated that 349 was the final tally after deducting 279 cases from 10 Hubei cities. The thing that I think about with this um, is these people that are getting sick and show symptoms kind of more early on, like maybe the first five days or like the first week, were they with anyone who was also exposed that hasn't shown symptoms yet? And like, who are those people with? And like, so on and so forth. Cause I mean, this just seems like one of those things where, um, you know, someone is sick and when they when they end up getting sick, there was someone else who also got sick, um, but they don't know it yet because they don't have any symptoms. So they're out. You're going to fucking grocery store to the mall to work, whatever, and you're walking by all these other people. And you're fucking sneezing, coughing. You're rubbing your fucking face and touching stuff, and then people are near you. And they're 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 near that. And are any of them getting sick? And if they're getting sick, are they giving it to anyone else? And it's just like one of these fucking. I'd be totally wrong with this whole thing, but that's how I look at it. Um, and that's why some of these numbers are just so high uh, in some of these areas. Of course, China being the worst. Um, but yeah, this is just. I mean, I don't mean to talk about this every single episode, but it's so big. Um, that I just have to just because it's such a big deal and it's literally all over the world um, and it just blows my mind that we haven't found a way to combat it yet um, yeah it's just nuts 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 um, so that is all that I had for today, um, probably going to record tomorrow as well. I got a guy coming over to fix some lights, so I don't want to be recording while he starts knocking on my door. Um, yeah, I will talk to you tomorrow, um, and I, I'll change the beat a little bit for tomorrow's show on Saturday the 22nd. Um, yeah, I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good Friday. I know that a lot of you probably are working today. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but yeah, I'll talk to you tomorrow on your weekend. Have a good one.